Today's a special day. We are recording this on Wednesday, October 30th. Hopefully this came out on time. I'm sitting here with the guru and we got a really, really tough book to show you. Yeah, this is today the 80th anniversary of Daring Mystery Comics number one. Okay, this is issue number four here. And I got to tell you, if you like the tough book shirts, you're going to love the really tough book shirts. <laughs> <laughs> No, but He's seriously. just kidding, but if you want a tough book shirt, well, we, we do have those, but tell us about this comic book. <laughs> so this one is issue four, but issue one, like I said, came out 80 years ago, and it was the third Timely ever published, and it was also the first Alex Schomburg art. All right, this cover is just fantastic because, well, we'll show you close-ups of it. You have a guy with a hammer about to get nailed. I'm going to pull it down just to really describe it to you. I have a guy strapped to barrels of TNT with masked hooded robbers who are trying to steal from this U.S. gold bank. Okay, so it's kind of a crime cover, but man, I've always loved this book, and I can't believe when I purchased it that I had the opportunity to get it at 6.5. That's super high grade, man. It is, it is, because the, the second highest copy ever recorded sold was a 6.5, with a 7.5 higher. And um, for this book, I mean, some books are worth $80,000, okay? This book is not it, okay? It's not worth that. But it's worth a good coin, and I wouldn't I wouldn't pass it up because I couldn't replace it, really. Okay, so if I offered you, let's say, 4000 nope. You say no nope. to 4000 Okay, so that kind of puts some perspective, but it's kind of serendipitous that you would bring that here today. Whatever you say, I'm just going to say no. Okay, there you because go. I just can't replace it. <laughs> no, you're not going to replace okay. it. But why is this interesting that you brought that here today? The crazy thing about today is I didn't even know about that 8th anniversary until I pulled up to the home here. Yeah, we were looking up online, and he's like, holy crap. October 30th. Yeah, because this book was just something I was bringing to show to you guys because it was just dope in so many fashions here. Okay, so for it to actually overlap, out of all the Golden Age books, of all the moments I looked on my IG, all right, to find out that this is the 80th anniversary today as we're recording this is crazy odds for that to occur. That's why we got the Darn Comics sitting in front of the Overstreet Price Guides with, of course, Cosmic Ghost Rider holding it up. We have a packed show for the comic fam today. Hit the subscribe button. We cover comic book themed articles and news and the collectible market every single week. Jeff, what's on the list of topics today? One of the topics we have to discuss on what I think is a pretty entertaining show coming up here are the Iron Man 2020 variants. Oh my gosh, this is pretty funny. We got a lot of gears to get into. We're also going to be touching on the death of Galactus. Yeah, that happened this week, and I'm excited to talk about it. And we also have some rumors, some speculation happening. DC Comics and HBO, we got to get into it. But before we do that, we got to talk about something pretty important here. We're going to talk about damaging comic books. It happens, and it happens so quick, and there's no going back. You That's true. You can't do like a control Z here. How many times, though, do you feel like you wish you could? A lot. It, it, legit. Like, I legit have a feeling of control Z. When I'm messing with comic books, sometimes I'm cleaning, I'm pressing. As comic book collectors, being part of the hobby, this is something that we've learned to do. And there's actually, I have to say, there's an interesting amount of individuals that I'm seeing on Instagram and YouTube starting to do it themselves, taking it upon themselves. This used to be a part of the hobby, part of the trade that was kind of kept secret. Are we getting into pressing here? Ooh, you know what? Let's save the pressing talk for our after show. How about that? Because oh. we have some, because I got some pressing mistakes. Yeah, some pressing stuff. mistakes. <laughs> we all got them. All that stuff. That's a whole nother. Okay, so we'll table the pressing stuff. 
Yeah. But if we just want to talk about handling books in general, yeah. Like it's easy to make a mistake. I mean, I've gotten much better to the point where I don't feel like I've made a mistake in a long period of time. But that's like me having experienced so many mistakes in my time to realize I need to slow down. Right. Okay. These are where mistakes happen and this is when it's dangerous. So when I get to those points, I slow it down. I always take my comic out the same way. I don't pretend that I'm like the fastest trigger in the world and I'm going to zip out a comic from a bag and keep the tape on the top flap. Yeah, you got to be careful about that kind of stuff, man. And I especially don't do that with somebody else's book. Oh, I go out of my way, man. I'm like, I'm going to remove the tape. I'm going to put that tape either not even on here. I'm going to put it over here. You shouldn't even use using tape. Or I'm going to put it underneath. I'm going to use the giveaway today. Comment down below. We're going to be giving this away. This is from uh, Godly Comics. This is a San Diego Rogue variant. But I will like take the tape off and put it on the side of the comic before I get into it if it's owned by somebody else. Whatever you do, do the same thing over and over and over again. Don't mix it up. That's just right. the way you do it. I always take the tape off. I don't put get it on, fancy. Yeah. Don't get fancy, Nancy. Put it on the side of the book. Or not the book, obviously, but of the bag. Yeah. Pull your book out, okay, and then put it aside, and just do the same thing over and over again. And that way, you'll you you shouldn't have any errors, dude. The day that you don't do it is the day you get tape on the comic book, every single time. Yeah, like a lot of these newer books, they have enough gloss you can maybe take it off. I deal with a lot of older books. You get it on the book, it's like you can get lucky, man. And the main thing is to take it slow. You know, take it slow, heat it up if you have to, if you really screwed up. But we've all done it, man. If you accidentally harmed a comic book, whether it's just mishandling it or pressing and cleaning and going through the process. We'd love to hear your stories in the comment section below, but it happens to the best of us. You know what? It's something that we have to admit because we're dealing with expensive stuff, but we deal with a large quantity of it. So there's a lot of opportunities for minor mistakes. Yeah. I, I remember being at a con and I'm just looking at a book and I'm taking it out of the bag and the lady there um, who's monitoring the booth, she's like, okay, can you please be careful with the tape? Sure. I was like, absolutely. I'll be absolutely careful, okay? No problem. I know how to handle a comic. And as I say that, some rustling goes on in an aisle, like a f squabble or fight, okay? And we all look over. I was like, wow, okay, whatever. And I go look down, and the tape flapped onto the book. Oh, no, you looked away. You were I distracted. I looked away, like as I talked, and I didn't pay oh, attention. Oh, how did you feel? What I felt awful because a she just told me to be careful and you're like and i was being careful like, fine yeah and i was yeah i got this like <laughs> i mean come on i don't handle comic and sure enough it's on the book and i was like this is ridiculous and i was like okay and then i'm just like oh you know what it, it'll come right off it's just oh, barely flapped no. on and i'm carefully moving off and as i'm carefully moving off carefully the yellow is coming off the cover no. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like Ugh. I just dropped my head again i was like there's no winning this i was like listen can i just give you money to not buy this i want to try to like what does it cost for me and for a dropping the value of the book and you know the money difference for the oh, damage wow. towards the value what an, okay so this is a really good thing i've never really thought of because i haven't been in this position but when you're dealing with a really expensive comic and you accidentally harmed it, and you're in the middle of the transaction. This is something that you do. Like some sometimes, like you, you got to get out of the transaction if you can, because yeah. you're not committed. Yeah, and I and asked him, I was like, look, I'll buy the book. That's fine. Yeah, you, you know. But if I can, I'd rather just pay a difference in damage towards for the, the mistake. Book. Yeah, for the mistake. I think the book was like it was only it was like 150 bucks or something. Okay. All right. So I ended up giving the guy 60 dollars. Because you yeah you, you're paying more than yeah. the harm you did. Yeah, I mean it caused some damage, removed color. I was like, okay, thank you. Oh, the money goodness. I was like, and then. You know, I felt bad and just kind of 
walked off like a schmuck. And <laughs> it's a reminder, though, you know, because this stuff happens to the best of us, even in moments where you think you're going out of your way to prevent it. I sold a, okay, early years of cleaning and pressing. I had sold a comic book and there was just a little scuff on some white. I can't even remember the comic book offhand, but I remember that it had sold. It was a $30, $40 book, something like that, but it had some scuff on it. And this is one of the things that I've learned since then that when you're trying to remove something from a book, especially something on color or white, um, just really in general, you try not to remove color, uh, any, any ink. You don't want to do it in a circle, circle, circle and hard because that, you know, you wash your face, you're told you don't got to wash it in a circle motion. It lifts, especially ink. It'll lift the ink. So I'm like, oh, there's just some minor scuffs. So I'm like, I'll just do that really quick. And then boom, I just like, I ruined it. And I, I'm like, oh, and I sold it as a near mint and I kiss, I can't in good faith send this to him because it like legit, man, it was like a, a good chunk of ink missing there. So I just sent it to the person for free and was like, I apologize. I was trying to help you out. I sold it as near mint. I wanted to be good by it, but I did see something there and I, I didn't feel right sending it to you and having you be upset, but I ended up ruining the comic book. So here you go. It happens. It does. It does. Like, I mean, it ha- the whole thing I had was a while ago. So I tried to always stay focused no matter what, because there's a lot of distractions in the environment that could just get you away. I mean, you could be drinking your water, drinking some coffee, dribble on a lip onto a book. Oh my goodness. Okay. Or right. you're so focused. Ever accidentally just drool? Have you ever just accidentally just drooled accidentally? Oh man, I am like, when I'm dealing with something super expensive that I'm taking care of, I got gloves on because I don't want to risk anything and I have to stay away from it from sweating, man. There's times where I'm like, I'm removing a sticker or something and I feel beads of sweat and I'm like, oh my God, that's how it happens. That's how it happens. You just, you don't think about it. The fight breaks out like you just described or you sweat or you're, you, you accidentally touch it and you didn't realize you had a little oil. Like it's like just a little, little, little bit, you know, you were eating some food or something. You didn't realize it. Like you gotta be super careful with this stuff. Absolutely, man. So I can't wait to talk about the after show. When we're talking about pressing stuff. Oh, cause I've have ruined or dry books, cleaning man. even. Yeah, both. Well, we'll get into both. Actually, yeah. we're going to make, I'm going to make sure that that's the only thing on subject right now for the after show because I feel like we're going to go off the rails with it, yeah. but it's going to be a fun time. Available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and of course, SoundCloud because we're SoundCloud supporters. We'd love us some lo-fi, hip, hop. Let's move on to the next part of the show. We have a key collector alert, but a couple of them this week. First off, we're going to let you know that Key Collector is a sponsor of the show. If you use code TOM101, go right to the homepage. There's a Comic Tom logo right there. You click on that. You put the code in and get a free week subscription. You get key alerts. These are important alerts you should know about if you want to be up on the comic book industry and what's happening. You know, stuff's changing every day. Comic book's going up in value, changing in price. This is the best way to keep track of it. And we have some HBO announcements hitting this week that we got to get into. Yeah, I was under the impression DC would keep things more in-house, but it's looking like they're partnering up and pushing more of their content possibly on HBO, and maybe that's just because they feel it's more of established for now, and I don't know if we're going to see down the road like the same Netflix situation. You know, you you have content on on a Netflix, and then it gets so hot and popular, you're now going to pull it away and bring it towards your streaming service. And maybe DC just needs to do that to build their fan base. Maybe. I think right now this is a very unique situation because what is being reported, we have, this is from Deadline, first off, Green Lantern and Strange Adventures. Greg, 
Berlanti and DC Go Cosmic for HBO Max. So let me read you the announcement that Deadline is reporting. And Deadline is a very credible site. This is where a lot of these news alerts break. And this is there's some interesting verbiage used here that I want you to pay attention to. So it says here, television super producer Greg Berlanti ever expanding screen interpretations of the DC Comics universe is going cosmic with two new series for the HBO Max streaming platforms, Strange Adventures and a Green Lantern. I want you to focus on these next two words here. Inspired show. What does that mean? Yeah, I'm trying to think what inspired means. And all I can come to conclusion-wise is I feel that we'll have a Green Lantern show that will not be driven maybe by a comic, but maybe a standalone and a new story that maybe we're not all familiar with, which is fine. I, I don't really care how I get my characters as long as it's good and it keeps the characters alive, it keeps interest in them. For me, that's the most important part. I don't necessarily care as much for it following some story arc in a comic if you can convince me on the screen which i find to be a separate and different medium that's where i need my convincing when i'm watching a tv or a movie in the comics i need a different convincing and as long as i can get both i'm happy totally agree with you jeff look at watchmen look at the joker these are comic book intellectual properties that were given to a writing team to put on the screen. And then they were focused on making a good product, a good film, a good story, and they made money. And now they're going to make more. So although we're seeing key alerts with recommendations and rumors about where you can kind of spec on, I mean, if we're thinking Green Lantern, I'm thinking we should talk to, to Ryan, Fire Guy, next week about this because he's a big Green Lantern fan. A lot of people thinking, oh, it's got to be Blackest Night if they're going full Green Lantern story. But because they're saying inspired, that tells me that we this is really early and it could be anything. But this is some more quotes from this release Tuesday at the HBO Max Warner Brothers Day presentation. This is Berlanti. This is what he said. Both of these original DC properties will be creating for HBO Max will be unlike anything seen on television. An anthology series of cautionary tales set in a world where superpowers exist and in what promises to be our biggest DC show ever made will be going to space with a Green Lantern television series. But I can't reveal any more about that just yet. All right. This is exciting stuff. Strange Adventures. You got Dead Man. You got Adam Strange. You have Hawkman in Strange Adventures. You have Animal Man. I mean, you have a plethora of characters in that run in the comics. So who they're going to bring will be interesting and fascinating. Uh, but I'm open to the idea. I'm excited. And again, I'm all about, hey, something new. I will believe you until you give me proof to not like it. And right now, Okay, I don't know if this is a positive or negative. I'm thinking more negative, but when you're advertising this HBO Max and you're telling me you're going to have all of the DC live-action movies on there, you got to be careful saying that because that might be a bad, <laughs> might not bad be a way good, to advertise. Might not, that may be a bad thing, but you know what? Now that we see HBO Max and DC properties crossing over there, I think that it's really important to take a look at the key collector category. It's HBO slash DC rumors because we're only focused right now on these like superhero comic books. And DC has so many titles that have been rumored to hit some type of television adaptation. Well, 
maybe this is where they're going. Maybe this is where we're going to see Transmetropolitan. We've heard rumors of this show being optioned and that it's coming somewhere. It makes more sense that HBO is where it'll land. And I'm not just talking that. What about like American Vampire? I mean, there's a handful of shows that have been rumored that would fit perfect on HBO. The Invisibles, for example. Now, there are other comic books that I want you, the community to be considering that I'm looking at, and they're all in this category. Use that code TOM101. Let's move on to the next part of the show. Giveaways. All right, who's winning the Spider-Gwen signed by Shannon McGuire? Jabroni. All right, who's winning the Absolute Carnage that was drawn by Donny Cates, but it's also signed by Donny Cates and signed by Ryan Stegman? That is you, Mr. Alex Estrada. And then we have Troy... Javis, who is winning the Savage Dragon 1 signed by Eric Larson. Let's talk about Iron Man 2020. How do you sum this up? Because we, when we chatted about this Spider-Man 2020 outfit, we kind of made, made jokes about it. And I didn't realize that we were playing right into the whole like marketing and what this whole thing was. Can you explain what, why is this important? Iron Man 2020, what is going on, Jeff? Well, Marvel is gearing up, if you will. It's a good way to put it. Why gears? What's going on? Okay, so this is a playback to a comic in 1984, Machine Man. What number was it? Issue two. It's Machine Man 2020, the the second volume, issue number two. Number two, and we see an Iron Man in the future, 2020, of what he looks like. All right, and this is not Tony Stark. This no. is his cousin. It's his cousin. Yeah, cousin Arno Stark. That's right, and not like Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, but this is Arno Stark. Yeah, but what makes him notable is his costume design. First off, any Iron Man diehard, I'm talking pre-Iron Man movies, pre-Robert Downey, what grade would you put Iron Man as far as like a fan favorite? Because right now he is A-list. He is up there with Thor and Captain America. The guy saved the world in Avengers Endgame. So like, where would you have placed him prior to all that? Iron Man has gotten a revival. Let's be realistic here. The movies have boosted his popularity. Right. There's no way to convince me different. Before that, though, I would say he was more of a B minus C plus character. Right. I think saying a B B minus is is being uh, is being generous. I would put him around the C level, but yeah, B right around there. He wasn't the most respected superhero as he is right now. Well, when Iron Man 2020 landed. This was definitely something that people pointed to and kind of made fun of because this character design, how do you even describe this character? Because he's got these like, he's Iron Man, okay? But he's got these like shoulder pads that aren't shoulder pads. No, they're giant cogs, okay? They're huge <laughs> gears. Like like giant gears. Like spacely space rockets from Jetsons, just big old gears. And it's I, like he's wearing weights or something. Yeah. And, like tires on your arms for no reason or something like and that. And I could see maybe in the 80s, it makes it look futuristic when this is out and it's bulkier. So he's supposed to be like a paid assassin though. So he's like, he's got to be stealthy, right? No, no. He's got to get my metal suit on with my gears. Yeah. He doesn't have to be stealthy. He just got to be big, destructive, and just right. whatever is okay. near me is going to get blown up. Okay. Well, what's going on? Because he's called Iron Man 2020. So what's Marvel doing? So Marvel has variant covers playing off of this gear concept with its characters. That's right. So we're going to see a Hulk. We're going to see Spider-Man, which we saw. Let's go through the different variants. We're going to describe them for our audio members here in length, specifically about the gears, because it's all about the gears. But aside from them doing this like variant of 
the geared costumes because it's it's Iron Man 2020. Like in January, it's going to be January 2020. So they're bringing it back because Arnold Stark is from the future where robots are starting a war and he, you know, he's in this costume. He's going to, he's going to help fight this war. Well, they're bringing the war to Iron Man 2020 issue one that's coming out in January, celebrating it. We have all these variants. All right, so let's pull this up here. I'm going to put the link in the bio. This is to comicbeat.com, but they have all the 2020 variants. We're going to describe it for the audio fam though. So again, all about the gears. So when we tell you that this comic book that we're looking at is Doc Ock, it looks like Doc Ock, but he's got gears. Yeah, we're looking at this advanced futuristic Doc Ock who has kind of these big clamps. Yeah, he has. well, it's his octopus arms at the, right. the hands of his arms but they're like actual clamp clamp mechanisms like like a gear you know they got the edges to them i think this is a cool looking doc ock he just he's got he's got this like extra armor on yeah he's got the appropriate underbite i don't know what that's about <laughs> he's got a weird underbite actually what's up with this guy's underbite i didn't even realize that looking for these gears he's got um he's got to go to the dentist for that man he does. Oh, look at this next one. Okay. okay Can you Black spot Widow. the gear? Now, this is a little more unassuming. Some of the gears are hidden. Yes. <laughs> Some of the gears you, you can't really find as quickly, but we have a futuristic Black Widow. First off, love her hair. Her hair is, is gorgeous. It's red. It's short. It's cool looking. But where is the futuristic aspect of Black Widow here? I'm a big nay on her hair, first of all. before. You don't the, like her hair? No, man. You're saying no to the hair. Okay, Jeff yeah. doesn't like the hair. But the gear, do you guys spot the gear? Where's the gear, Jeff? Check the gun. The gun has gears on it. <laughs> the gun is as, the gun has the gears. And you know what? I think that this is a good use of the gear because you know what? They could have given her gear earrings. Instead, they just gave her these like, uh, like it looks like a, a, a chip, like a memory card or something. <laughs> I'm not really sure what how to describe that, but she's also got a belt with like a motherboard on it. So anyways... I think it's cool looking. I think this is a cool cover, but it's not as cool as this one because it's another hidden gear. This is a 2020 variant, but it's like kind of hard to find the gear here. We have Black Cat. This feels like it coincides with Black Widow. Right. Very well. She's looking super sleek and powerful and sexy on her motorbike. And she's like, I'm, she's sitting on a motorbike. And you could tell that's freshly peeled out. That You got steaming muffler and steaming tires still and a destroyed spider-man robot on the ground and she's just kind of looking down on it that's and right. i and Tom, she's holding the spider-man head that's of right. the robot and she's looking badass and the head is still even attached with this long cable to the body i mean it's 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 awesome and the background is great and subtle and just kind of this hazy kind of disappears but the details there you mentioned it before it's hard to find the gear on here but the gear is right there on her shoulder it's like an emblem so respect to the game here instead of focusing on the gear itself the focus is on the robot because that is what 20 the 2020 event is about is about the robots being sentient and causing a problem all right let's look at the next one we got all right this is this is kind of funny this is electra and first glance electra looking pretty cool she looks badass i mean you don't want to mess with her the gears it's kind of strange yeah, again, we got these arm gears. With I, I'm not an assassin or a ninja, just so you guys know, but I don't feel like that's makes you very ninja capable. Yeah, I think it would get in the way a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you got to grease the gear, you got a gear belt, and uh, why does she have a gear belt? And wait, wait a minute, her hat. 
Her hat is metal. Yeah. Is she wearing a helmet? She's wearing a helmet. She- Why? Electra should never be wearing a helmet, man. And then like cloth ribbons off the back of her helmet. Okay, so it's it's a little strange. It's like a metal suit with gears and a helmet. I'm not sure if this is how I like my Electra, but I'm open to it. Um, they're next sticking one. with it, man. They're they're committed to the gear versions of it, which I love. I don't know if they're really going to be like that in the comic, but uh-huh. I like how they're just playing with the variations of gears to tie it all in. Okay, the next one you got to check out, though, because there's a couple other ones. And again, hit the link. You can see all of them. There's a lot of these variants, but this next one I thought was hilarious. We got Guardians of the Galaxy. And Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill. And he's got the arm gears as well. Even Beta Ray Bill, when they go cosmic, you, you got, and he's fighting Cosmic Ghost Rider, mind you. He's got to have the gears. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I think it's great. And then, of course, you got to have the big green machine, the Hulk. Yeah, Mortal Hulk got the variant, too. So yeah. A lot of these. It's awesome. But it's silly. I mean, he's got this, like, I. this is kind of scary looking, man. I, I would. The Hulk is scary as it is. We're going to talk a little bit in a second about how scary the Hulk can get. But, man, like, this gear on his side, he'll either clobber you thing style squeeze you to death with this like metal arm or it's like this razor blade type of thing on his shoulder so instead of it just being a gear it looks like a sharp gear yeah it's like get ram you like rhino or something seriously i mean it's just like a but that's his blind spot now you see he's got a big shield over there so if i'm that's why he has this little thing on his eye he's got this little eye patch so yeah it's a blind spot but he has this like he needs a robotic guy because he got blindsided there yeah he's got a okay this hulk has a robotic guy. I'm curious if this is the first time that this has happened. Okay. Um, now, we we oh. also have, of course, the infamous, this is the first one that was released, Spider-Man 2020 variant. I think this one takes the case for being the silliest. I want you to keep in mind the man bun. We're going to be talking about characters and their hair a little bit later on the show. But this was just silly. Like, this was just, all right, we need you to go all out with the gears. Yeah, and he's like, okay, so you guys can't see. He's got like four mechanical arms off his back, okay? It happened. I knew it was going to happen. Is it safe? It's safe. We're keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it over there, though, just in the future. <laughs> okay, what do we got here? All right, so we got Spider-Man with this man bun, and he's got these four mechanical arms coming off his back, okay? And looking more insect-like. Yeah, they're kind of small. I think yeah. that's a big part of this. It's not like Doc Gock where it's... It looks like he's going to do like some type of advanced surgery with them. Yeah, it doesn't look like they're going to help him do much more than maybe wall crawl or tickle his opponent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's got no sleeves, so it's like sun's out, guns out. On his, <laughs> sun's out, guns out. his uniform. Not how I want my Peter Parker. No. And then like, <laughs> then he's got like his cheekbones are exposed. I mean, take a look. His cheekbones are exposed. Yeah, we... Oh, yeah, his cheekbones were... What is that? Like it's like a little I don't know. That's Ventilation maybe it gets hot in gets gears. Hot. Well, he's like lugging around knee gears, a butt gear, a back gear. I'm surprised they didn't give him elbow gears, but and you know what? It's what it is. Well, he's also got a V-neck pop collar shirt. For he two. does that. It's a Morbius shout out. You know, kind of a vampire vibe going on there, but it's really silly. But you know, again, keep in mind this whole thing is about it being kind of silly. All right. But it wouldn't be complete 
without a Venom 2020 variant. <laughs> What's going on with Venom here? Describe this. Because so, he's got gears. Yeah, he's got gears. So this is an angry Venom. All right, he's he's in the classic crouching pose and screaming to the to the moon and yeah, yelling. Yeah, and, and he's and he's just, got he's got a lisp because his tongue is so long. Yeah, he hasn't retracted his tongue. It's just hanging out there. He's got like, like almost gear like symbiote needles coming out of his tongue. But the real, the real like gears on this costume is also found on the shoulders. So shoulder gears are a big thing in 2020. Yeah, shoulder gear is a big deal. And imagine having a bolt and needing a nut to screw on this bolt. It's like a big nut on his shoulder with glow sticks coming out of it. That's right. Green glow sticks. And it just seems like he's yelling because he can't get into the rave club. That's right. Techno. Techno said, gears? Yeah. Techno yeah. gears. Techno That's techno what we gears. got. We have techno gears here. We have bioluminescent <laughs> techno gears. That's right. Iron Man 2020 happening in January. I'm hyped. I'm going to read it. It's silly. And now let's move on to the next part of the show because we got Galactus dying. Again, at the time of this recording, people are just picking this up today. But this is Marvel's celebration, their Halloween celebration, okay? Marvel Zombies Resurrection. It's a retelling of the fan favorite horror series. We've been getting teased about this comic book coming out for quite some time but they've also been dropping news that galactus was going to be dead well we got some early panels being shown and there's a reason why i want to talk about this but how dope is this jeff what do we have on the screen in front of reed richards please describe it we got this massive galactus shadowy figure floating in space surrounded by planets and then this is what the panel says and this is what's got people excited it says galactus the coordinates are just outside our solar system. Galactus was heading towards Earth. Was heading? Well, he appears not to be moving. So, this got me thinking a couple things. First off, how freaking cool is it to think about a dead Galactus just in space? Can you imagine what that would look like from Earth or like from a planet you're looking up and you see this just like giant hovering lifeless body? This huge helmet. Yeah, it's kind of like the Macy's Parade concept. You know, you got this huge <laughs> balloon. So just imagine that on a grander scale as you're sitting in a crowd and this figure comes floating slowly over you <laughs> in a frozen stasis. Just like blocks out the sun or your suns for a little bit of time. You're like, oh, yeah, there's just that weird thing body that's just floating through the, the cosmos. Yeah, it's dark for like two days straight because he's huge. Yeah, like you have to think about just how large this character is. And this has gotten me excited for a couple of different reasons. For like for one, I saw this panel and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna immediately I gotta read this. I wanna read this now. This has got me excited. It took two panels, like one large panel, but like two different scenes to get me to like really wanna just commit to purchasing this. And I had this moment happen last week with Immortal Hulk issue 25. I got to the end of Immortal Hulk, and there is a few pages where Hulk is just, spoiler, but I waited a week to talk about this. I mentioned it on the top 10 and said, this is one of the coolest moments that I've seen the Hulk have in a comic book in a really long time. How would you describe this? When the Hulk goes cosmic in Immortal Hulk issue 25, and he essentially becomes Galactus. Yeah, you showed me this panel here, okay? And it was, uh, he's scary already, Hulk, at his, at his strength. So to have him be Galactus size, ripping through the cosmos, and it was 
a huge Hulk having moons and planets just evaporating as they contacted him. Like on his shoulder and like imagine how how the size of this of this creature, this monster has to be. And he's just charging through space, just destroying planets by just running into him because he's so giant. It's like it's kind of like messes with your brain a little bit of like how large you would have to be. So I'm seeing this here. I'm thinking about Immortal Hulk and it just gets me excited about comic books. Like it's these types of moments where you just go like, ah, oh, mind blown again. You know, it's, it's why I love the, the hobby and the medium. Yeah. I mean, you can communicate images like this much easier on paper and almost more believable than you can onto film or screen. Very true. It's a nice way to suspend belief and to really get you thinking. And I also start wondering, like, usually when someone, like, passes away, like, galactic size, you'd, like, defecate. Your intestines and bowels release. So imagine being, like, that planet in that region when that happened. Like, That's some dark stuff <laughs> you just turned this into. But you know what? Now we are all thinking about that. So, yeah, maybe... You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome, comic fam. Okay, <laughs> let's jump into some... Viewer comments. Viewer comments. We love viewer comments. One, we really do appreciate it when you interact and we love reading your responses and let us know what you think about the show, what kind of comic books you picked up every week. And you know what? We have this giveaway, as I mentioned. We also have a copy of Sab versus Sistine the Sick. It's a one shot done by a very talented independent comic book writer and horror rapper, Illust Umanati. What's our first viewer comment? First viewer comment is from Sal Felix. That's right. What does uh, Sal say? He says, that kid with the Hellboy poster was cool before all of us. Love the longer video format too. Sal Felix, I made a mistake. I said that this kid owned the poster. All I had seen was that page spread of the Hellboy poster and it happened so quick. I wanted to read it. So I went and got a copy. I read it and it turns out that this was a poster within a comic book store where they sold dollar bin comics within the comic Next Man issue 14. So this is literally comic book marketing in a comic book store that's in a comic that was sold at a comic book store in 1993 in April. Uh, yeah, that makes it better. That does make it like way better. So anyways, um, thanks for the comment because I wanted to clarify that. And that's for Next Man 14, that's by right. the way, that we discussed. So to get a little deeper into the story, it's a Hellboy poster, super early appearance. That's right. Uh, predates all other appearances of Hellboy, which is pretty crazy. Okay, um, let's take a look at Frank Rios. You wrote, hey, Tom 101, when will you have your dad on the show? I know. We got to make it happen, man. We got to make it happen. He wants to come back, and we have a lot of fun stuff planned. Make sure to hit the subscribe button. We're actually making a lot more content. We're shooting to do a few more videos a week, specifically two. That's just in a few. That's actually a couple. We're trying to do a couple more videos a week here pretty soon. We're gearing up for it. Literally, Iron Man 2020 has got everyone gearing up. Let's move on. I got to my gear for the <laughs> Seattle Sounders. You do. MLS Cup, baby. Sounders. Woo. <laughs> sports <laughs> All right. ball. Sports ball. Is Checkered that, sports ball. Isn't that soccer? It is soccer. Football. Yes. All right. Moving Not, on. That's EA right. Elixir says, oh, the bloodshot. Got to say, I'm super stoked. But I'm way more happy that they didn't have him with hair. Thank Thor. <laughs> thank <laughs> Thor. <laughs> Bloodshot has hair in, all, in some renditions of the comic, especially the new one. Yeah, yeah, quite. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of like him more of the the uh, kind of Bic look, shaved head. You mean the Vin Diesel style? Because I also enjoy the shaved head. 
Yeah. I think it's way cooler. I mean, you know, maybe we can see some renditions. I can maybe see him with a, a man bun or like a... Like a 2020 Spider-Man man bun? Yeah, or like some, <laughs> you know, so good. futuristic emo hair spike, you know? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so just Pele. This is what he commented on last week's show when we were talking about this rare bloodshot issue zero error print that is currently listed on ebay for fifteen thousand dollars or seven hundred dollars a month for the next two years you can pick um this is what just paley said there is more than one white rye zero i know this because i know a collector who has one and it is not the one slabbed by cbcs in fact it is not slabbed at all and someday i'm gonna get him to sell it to me now just pele he's a friend of the show's He's been a supporter of the show for quite some time. This gentleman has actually helped me press numerous books because he is a very, very well-known comic book dealer in the community. And you know what? I can vouch for this, dude. I 100% believe this. That means that there are likely other copies of this error print. If he says he's seen one and it's not slabbed, I believe that there are now two for sure without having even seen it, which means get to hunt him. Man, Just Pele, if you can score that book, that would be awesome. I'd love to see you with it. Um, I can't imagine it's really worth the 15K that guy on eBay is asking, but boy, it's going to be an in-demand book for sure. Um, guys, thanks to the community. I want you guys to answer one question for me. If Bloodshot had to have some type of hairdo, what <laughs> would you recommend? That's right. We got giveaways. Make sure to um, comment and like and subscribe so that you can be part of the giveaway. And then we got to chat about, oh, Let's actually not chat about it. Let's just do it. We got a CGC unboxing. Let's make it happen. Oh, yeah. Just got Jeff, this today, what's guys. what's going on? I literally just went to the post office today. Okay, it seems like every Wednesday I'm in the post office. Okay. So what do we got first off? Because um, now when, when he gets this box, he's like, yo, can we open it on camera? Because people ask in the comment section. We yeah. want to see more unboxings. So let's see what you pulled and just explain just in detail the why and the story behind what you're about to show me here. All right. Ooh, and that right there is a first Cersei? Yeah, Strange Tales. Strange Tales 109. Right? Ooh, at 7.5. Okay, okay. First. Oh, I, let me see it. All That's right. cool. Let's just, just hand them over and you talk because we got Werewolf by Night graded at 8.5. Neil Adams, goodness, I want this book, dude. Yeah, Marvel Spotlight Dang. number two, first Werewolf by Night, 8.5 old label. A nice looking book. I'm going to use a little dry cleaning on the back. I don't know. I really wanted to get into a nice copy, so I did it. I bought it. That one I just bought outright. Okay. These are ones I had slabbed. So I have actually two copies of this. Ooh, this is a good, I think this is a good book to be buying right now because I've heard that they want to do more inhuman stuff because the first run didn't really work out too well. So a lot of people aren't specking on this book, which now has this book at a kind of more affordable rate. Yeah, absolutely. It's 8.5 white. I have a 7.5 white as well. For first Black Bolt. Yep, first Black Bolt. Um, so uh, definitely a key book. FF46, love this book, man. Yeah, so excited for that. That's about what I expected for both books. And you got a 7.5 as well. So you got yep. two, you got an 8.5 and a 7.5. Why, why those books? Is, that, is it for that reason? Like they're just a good key book that you want to have in higher grade? Or I what? have so many books that need to get graded that for those two were as I was running out of the house to New York. Oh, okay. I know they were both decent, so I grabbed them, slabbed them, and they're going to be easier to sell anyway. Were any of these pressed? Uh, yeah, those were pressed. And this was a 6.0. Ooh, fourth appearance of Silver Age Flash, Showcase 14 at 6.5. I've always loved this purple cover. Yeah, that's that That purple cover is is really tough in nice shape. And um, Can you describe it? This is the Hourglass Flash cover. Yeah, this is a flash in an hourglass, and he's um, jumping from the lower 
well up to the upper well of the hourglass. And like you mentioned, it's number 14. It was a 6.0 old label cream to off-white pages. I cracked it out and pressed it myself, expecting a bump in both page quality and grade. So it went up to 6.5 with off-white to white pages. That's awesome. Yeah, so excited for that book. This book I bought raw. Same thing, pressed it. I bought it as a 6.0 raw. Yeah, first Cersei. This is Strange Tales 109, graded at 7.5. So this is movie rumors. You yeah. Know, Eternals goodness. and you know It's coming. Jack Kirby's rendition here. It's going to be holding on to it for the movie, right? Yeah, I bought it at a con as it got announced. So I got a screaming deal on it. Yes. And um, 7.5 is, is a beautiful grade for that book. Awesome. Well, I, I've always loved this cover, man. You got Hulk holding on to the Silver Surfer board. You know, actually, no, let me let me rephrase that. He's holding on to Silver Surfer by the arm as they are going through the cosmos. It says, he who strikes the Silver Surfer tells to astonish issue number 93. That is one loved cover. Most people attract themselves to that cover specifically for right. Tales to Astonish. Which is interesting because it's kind of a brown cover and that's typically the opposite for that color on covers for whatever reason. Yeah, it's got a beautiful color strike, a nice book. Obviously, it's an 8.5, so happy with that. Yeah, high grade, man. That's cool. It's it's a sharp 8.5, too. And this book is a Golden Age book. It's actually an early Steve Ditko cover. Yeah, he did art in it, too. Oh, yeah, cover yeah, and art. he did the cover on it. And um, it was actually produced only with one staple. Um, oh, so that was interesting on that one. It didn't get knocked for it, right? Um, no, I don't believe it did because it was more manufactured than anything. Very cool. This is a six five is a good is a good grade for that book. This magazine is haunted. Issue number seventeen. Bob Powell art and Steve Ditko cover and art. It's graded at six five, and it's got like two different people being looks like attacked or haunted by a ghoul looking up in the darkness, holding a match as it's lighting up the terror in the room. I love his work in this in this uh, title. Oh, dude, my dad's got a great Avengers 2 story. He pulled one out of a long box, not bagged and boarded. Anyways, I'm holding an Avengers 2 right now. He just handed me 6.5. I love this book, man. Yeah, 6.5. I think it's got white pages as well. Um, it presents beautifully. It's got a couple small tears on the front cover, and I think they just got nailed for that. Um, otherwise, it presents like an 8.0 book. It's gorgeous. Okay, I can see it from here. That's my favorite book in this whole pile. That's uh, yes. First Calendar Man. I love this book. All right, so this right here is the first Golden Age book that I bought myself. This isn't my copy. This is an 80 um, Detectives 259. This is the first appearance of Calendar Man. This is a OG villain, but a villain that gained more popularity when the video games hit, you know, kind of like the late 2000s. And this is why I love this book. For one, it's it's tough. This is a tough book, man, to find in high grade. An 80 that's crazy. But let me read you the uh, the the speech bubble here on the on the cover the calendar man get back robin he's become a man of fire like the summer sun he's portraying it's so <laughs> silly he's like it's he's so hot <laughs> it's just ridiculous i love it but man this is a cool book what what made you want to get this did you just own this or you picked this up yeah i had this i don't know how i got this um i believe it came in a collection and i've had it for a long time raw and i've been mean to get it graded and i have i didn't have any luck selling it raw like i only broke it out a couple times and then i was finally like you know what i'm gonna press this myself i'm gonna grade it if it comes back anything 8-0 or higher i'm gonna keep it and sure enough it came back 8-0 white pages and it's these 50s DC books of Batman specifically are, are tough books in general to get in grade. A lot of mid-grade stuff, and, and it's a cool 
it's a cool time frame for me personally. I, I love that. Great that color era. work. There's a lot of stuff going on the cover almost every time. A lot of fun stuff to look at. And I don't know. It's just it's a unique genre of comic books because you have like such serious characters, and then it's kind of silly things going on typically. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of on the cusp of DC's revival as superheroes are now coming back into. Uh, trending in a positive way, as they did with Showcase 4 when you had the first Silver Age Flash. Like, superheroes are starting to take off again as there's this long lull from like 55 and between 48 and 1955. All right. Another character that saw some change was actually right here in Batman 251. The Joker is revitalized as a homicidal maniac. And some actually list this as the first modern rendition of the Joker done by Neil Adams. We have multiple copies going into the mystery mail call, which is our comic book subscription service. You sign up, you join the community, we send you comics every month and you help support the show. You also have a chance of getting a really cool book, like a big grail book like this. We have a bunch of them, but every box gets an assortment of comic books and everyone gets one comic book that is the same, and that is an Undiscovered Country Comic Tom 101 variant. Yeah, uh, we have Scott Snyder and Charles Soule's up-and-coming independent comic book. Everyone's hyped on it, and we have a low-print variant that every member gets, and you only got a couple weeks to sign up and reserve your box. They're selling out quick. I don't think there has been one um, exclusive that we've had that's been so in demand as this one. As I've had people reaching out to me, asking to buy it they want to buy it directly right and unfortunately the only no. ha- right we only have so many allotted specifically for the box that's how limited this print run is for this specific variant after they you know get sent out and we and we get the final numbers on print counts we're going to release that information but this one will have under a thousand available for the community so we are going to sell them out to the mail call and then whatever we have left we may have some left to put up on the website to sell um, but that's all that we have. So we're going to reserve the exclusives for the mail call right now in the mail call community. So, you, yeah, we're not going to list it to sell it. You got to buy the box. And the box is 30 bucks plus shipping. So it's pretty affordable. I think the exclusive is better than the cover A of Undiscovered Country. Absolutely. Cover right. done by Danny of Coffin Bound. It's a beautiful cover. I really wanted to buy the original. And unfortunately, it's digital. A lot of these uh. are digital, my man. A lot of them are digital, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, I want to talk about something really funny that was supposed to make the podcast a couple weeks ago, but it didn't because I just, I don't know why I didn't bring it up, but I want to bring it up today because I think it's hilarious. Okay. Your uncle. All right. You want to tell him that you love him. He's an important person in your life. So you go to the store, go to the grocery store, right? And you're like, all right, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, going to get my uncle a card and I, I, all right but i'm like superheroes so i can tell you what card you don't want to get you don't want the spider-man card that says heads up uncle <laughs> we have the accidentally depressing spider-man greeting card yeah and we only heard of this because it's something that went viral that's right um firewalk with mags he posted this to twitter and he said grim <laughs> so why does we even have to explain this i mean everyone knows the uncle bed thing yeah, Uncle Ben died. Okay, he Spider-Man was, could have murdered. saved him. And he, he was, was murdered. murdered. Spider-Man feels guilty for it. Yada, yada, yada. So basically, so, this is a, a kid saying, yo, Uncle, heads up. You're going to die. <laughs> and this this would not... You could have used any superhero and had that tagline. But the fact that you're using Spider-Man... Yeah, you can't use Spider-Man. Insinuates possibly something more morbid. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yo, yo, Uncle, heads up. It's like either going to be Final Destination or... 
I got a hit out on you. <laughs> Something not good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. But yeah, Heads Up Uncle went viral. I, I really enjoyed this. I hope someone can find this card. You know, this would be like this would be like Iron Man saying, Have a drink on me. <laughs> Have card. a drink on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what it would be like. Oh man, that's terrible. That's terrible. But you know what? It went viral for that reason. And you know what's also funny? I found a uh there's I've always liked like deep superhero memes that you know, you have like the memes that that people who go to movies, the like the MCU movies and stuff that they get, you know, like the end game, the snap in, in, in Avengers Infinity War, the memes that come out of that. But then there's also like comic book collector memes, like stuff that only diehard people of the hobby will know. And and it's this kind of stuff that makes me laugh because like, yeah, this is something that like the large like most people would get, you know, Uncle Ben and all that. But I've seen some pretty good memes in, in the past that are like, oh, that's a deep cut. And, and I get it, and I love it. Yeah, I love a good meme. I'm not going to lie. All right, I'm excited about this next headline here. We have Marauders making news again. Marauders is one of the five titles post how this whole Hickman X-Men run, the revitalization of X-Men, that's getting its own title, right? Marauders is going to be led by Kitty Pride. And you know what? If you don't know about this comic book, just Google it. The summary of what's going on here is super exciting. That's not what this part of the show is about. We are talking about Kitty Pride as a character. We have a article on comicbook.com that says Marvel's Marauders proves why Kitty Pride is one of the X-Men's most powerful fighters. And I cannot agree more. I'm a huge Kitty Pride fan. I think she's been underrated for a long time. And you know what? I don't even care, but I think of Ellen Page whenever I think of Kitty Pride, and I'm also a huge Ellen Page fan. So what's up? I like the character. She's got a huge fan base as well. She's got amazing abilities. And like most anybody, if you write it right and well, you can utilize those abilities in an amazing, fantastic way. And this is what they did with her because they're showing exactly what she can do and how she can do it. And they're presenting it in a way that's super entertaining and almost playful. That's right. Yet destructive. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of scary when you think about it. Let's let's break it down because what we have here is Kitty Pride going up against of armed missionaries, you know, individuals who are doing open fire right at her. She's she's in front. She's taking everybody on just herself. Now, Kitty Pride's power is she's able to become like phase. She can phase through phase, things. Right. right? Not invisible, but she can phase. Yeah. It's like battling a ghost. Yeah. You know, you, she goes through walls. That's typically how she's been utilized in the past and how a lot of people know it, what they think of because of the movie. You know, she runs through walls, you know, saving people. Well, here we see why she is a dangerous fighter because walking up to gunfire, well, that those bullets are going to go right through you. And that's what happens here. We start off this page with her just having literal bullets just fly through her as if she was i don't know wolverine and didn't care about it so like you mentioned she's phasing through these bullets as she's approaching the gunman all right she gives him this freaking roundhouse grabs his gun pistol whips him with his own freaking weapon all right and asks him i'm sure you're using like basically rubber bullets not real bullets on these civilians right let's find out and turns the gun at his leg or knee she caps his knee and she's like, oh, guess not. Yeah, she pulls some kind of mobster move and shoots this guy's kneecap out. Kitty Pride, open fire, doesn't give a crap. She's going to like mess you up. You don't want to mess with this, this mutant. And then she does something that's just incredible. She takes that gun. If you think bullets hurt, imagine what a gun would feel like. Describe this panel, Jeff. 
So she's not done. There are more to take out. So she has this gun in her arms. And she's just walking as these people are just firing through her. And she phases this rifle into two different people's legs. Their, like, upper thigh. Yeah, right in their upper thigh. And then just, let's go, Let's go. So just think about that for a second. Somebody basically takes their fist, phases it into your upper leg, and then unfazes. Like, and it's in there. It's like idea that Nightcrawler could get stuck in a wall, like a fear yeah. of like him not being able to phase through all the way. Well, she just phased through and left a gun in your thigh. And it, it's like just, just, it's so destructive and grotesque. And she's just like, yep, that, that's, don't, don't mess with me. But she's not done yet because now she looks out, out into the distance and she sees a tank. These are a bunch of pages that they've released. I'm excited. I, I, these are technically spoilers. We probably should have mentioned that early on, but if you haven't figured that out by now, these are all spoilers. She's standing in front of a tank and then she phases into the tank, drops the grenade, and then phases out. She's so dope, dude. She is dope. And she does. it's, it's not like she just has this grenade on her. I mean, this tank's rolling at her no. and it phases her. Phases, like they rolls into her and she, she's phasing into it. And there's a guy operating this tank. Oh, she's not going to use her own grenade. No, she doesn't no. have live ammunition. I don't need it. I'm just going to take the pin in your grenade, and I'm just going to phase right out of this tank while you're stuck in here. And she's counting down. She goes three, two. She's outside now. One, and the guy's still in the tank, and then like goes off. And so I mean, like, how cold blood is that? And like, she's just doing this so nonchalant. Oh, yeah. She knows what she's doing, man. And she's awesome. And I'm so stoked about this comic book. We got Giant Size coming back. Like They're going to be releasing a Giant Size X-Men here um, really soon. We got all these X titles. I feel like Hickman brought X-Men back. Everyone's paying attention right now. And this book has got so many people's eyes on it. And I think Kitty Pride's a big part of it. So this was a good move on Marvel to showcase some of her just awesome abilities and just how powerful of a just mutant she is especially to those who are like oh kitty pie's leading this and this is going to be like the main like one of the main pushes for this series well yeah she just got my boat she definitely turned it up a notch of just the coolness factor and um just displaying exactly what she can do and really with hickman's new i don't know world or or of, of what he's building with x-men every book has the potential to be a hot book because anybody can come back to life now that's right so you're gonna see Faces you probably haven't seen in a long time. Omega-level mutants are being resurrected. This is a great reason to have that key collector app. And I'm not just saying that because it's a it's somehow related to the show. It really is a good way to stay notified, especially if you're not buying every title every Wednesday. That's right. Keeps you up on like the larger aspect of like what's happening in comics. There's a lot of comic books. And if you use the code Tom101, you get a free week subscription. It unlocks the key alerts. It unlocks a lot of like speculation categories and rumor categories, things that can kind of give you a little bit of an idea of what's coming up. Um, and it unlocks so much other stuff that it's going to be worth it. You're going to end up paying the two bucks a month or 20 bucks a year for the service because you're going to find one comic book that's going to make your collection awesome. Let's talk about one of the largest podcasters out there who's got deep roots in other things too in Ultimate Fighting That's right. as well. Um, did a reality show, right? He hosted, what was it? Um... A thing where you eat things you don't want to eat. Fear Factor? Fear Factor. How did you forget the name Fear Factor? We're I talking don't know. about JRE, the GOAT. We're talking about Joe Rogan, all right? This guy is one of the main people we look at as like the podcasters 
of our time. Really, him and Adam Carolla pioneered this part of the industry. So he is obviously uber famous. He's a Frazetta fan. He's a Frazetta fan, I guess. So that, hey. That's and Conan even, and all that. He's, he's really big into that, like, barbarian types of comics. I, I, that I can see with him, for sure. sure. <laughs> but, like, you have a one successful family member, okay? Yet in his family tree, his cousin is also very, very famous. Yeah, we just found out today on Wednesday um, because of a podcast he did with Kevin Smith. I re-listened to it, and it is hilarious. But Kevin Smith asks Joe Rogan, hey, this person that's in your family, her name is this. That means that it's the same name as Gerard Way's family family member from My Chemical Romance. Are you guys related? And Joe Rogan said yes. He said he didn't know Gerard Way. They've never met, but they are indeed related. And it wasn't didn't seem like it was that far removed either. No, cousins. Like not like fifth cousin twice removed, but like actually pretty close cousins. So it's surprising they don't even know each other. And the reason why we're bringing this up is not so much because of the my chemical romance aspect of this because both of these guys are like mega stars in their own field, but Gerard Way is killing it in comics. Like this guy has gone full comic book writer, and he is just pumping out such good stuff. So I think it's really cool to see like a connection to the podcasting game now and to such a large YouTuber and podcaster. Like We got Joe Rogan talking about Gerard Way. Like Pretty soon, we got to get like Joe Rogan in some capacity talking about comic books. Like I don't know how we can do that, but we just got to start sending him Conan or something. Yeah, let's do that. Joe Rogan, you got some Conan coming your way, buddy. Yeah, you got to send some comic cards. You got some Barry Windsor Smith coming. <laughs> Unless you like the magazine stuff. I see you as a Conan magazine guy, I think. It's like the oversized stuff. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. We do appreciate you, comic fam. We got to continue this conversation in the after show because we're going to share some embarrassing moments we've had when pressing. This whole conversation, I've been thinking about stories I can share. I got a couple good ones. I have a Witchblade story. I may share the Jess Pele story. Um, but if you want to hear the after show, just head over to Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or SoundCloud. This whole podcast is uploaded there with a bonus show. Don't forget to comment down below, hit the subscribe button, and like this video. Let us know like what you found on the hunt this week. We're giving out two different things this week. We have the Sab versus Steam the Sick, as well as the Rogue San Diego Comic-Con variant that we are giving out, courtesy of Godly Comics. We do appreciate your time, comic fam, as always. Geek responsibly. Enough said. After show, after show, after show. Okay, so first things first. Before we get into the pressing stuff, you gave me permission to play the intro to this podcast because you didn't know you were being recorded, but I had asked you something funny and I want to just insert that here. What is the silliest argument that you've gotten into with your kids? But it was like, like legit is an argument argument. Like they were mad, but it was about something so silly. Can oh you think of God. anything? Like, like, I mean, like, like I argue with my parents about like wanting a, pokemon booster pack like getting angry at them like i'm like we had a freaking long conversation we were fighting we were crying i want charizard you know yeah i had plenty of those my kids wanting stuff yeah yeah i had them delete the an app called wish (laughs) the one where it's all cheap shit yeah like i accidentally like put my credit card info in once (laughs) and then i went to the mailbox and um, I saw charges on my app, and I literally just picked up two more items. And let me tell you, what was it? Let me tell you, I don't know what they are. They're in packages. I haven't even opened them yet. They, I just picked them up two. Oh, day, you got them? But I canceled Wish like 
three weeks ago. <laughs> okay. Reset. And for like three oh, weeks, God. I still have things coming in. And I went to my box like a week ago. And there must have been like 12 items still residually coming in. <laughs> oh, my God. They bought that many things? Yes. They're like, that's fine with this. I was like, are you guys out of your mind? That was a conversation right there. What the hell? I mean, you were deleting it, deleting it, deleting it. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. And there was no way like, I don't know. Man, I was frustrated with that. Dude, yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> that's I'm going to include this in the after show if that's okay. And then there's like, then we go to conventions. When there are conventions, you know, conventions is everything's an overload of like sensory for them. Everything's like a toy, 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 toy. And it's like $20 for anything, $25 for like something this big that's they've never even heard of, but they want it. Sure, man. Because conventions, man, they get you. They want make you want it. But, yeah. Put it, on the, put it on the end. Show the money beats. That was hilarious. I freaking love that. Thanks for letting me use that in the after show. Shout out to Brennan and Olivia. I love you guys. Okay, so let's move into pressing comic books. I've had some mistakes because when you learn to press, you don't have a school you can go to. And really, back when I started pressing years ago, there weren't many YouTube videos that gave good explanation on what to do. There's a lot of like 480p videos that are like super grainy and people are like, oh yeah, this actually really helped. But because the video quality is so bad, you can't even really see that they probably actually made more problems for their comic than better. Um, but pressing comic books, it is a double-edged sword. It's not as sharp as removing stickers as far as that double-edged sword is, but it is an art. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, art, science, the... Alchemy. <laughs> part alchemy <laughs> equal exchange like in <laughs> full metal alchemist yes i mean just to to achieve what you need to achieve for a book to go up in grade for in some manners can be very easy and rudimentary but in others are very extreme and difficult and on the way to achieving that you can f up a book <laughs> to the nth degree before you even know it it's and true. then there's no going back no, no. Sometimes there's no going back. Sometimes. I mean, the mark of a true professional is being able to fix your mistakes. A, a carpenter told me that at one point. And that's absolutely relative. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The, the best professional in this game doesn't make those mistakes. Um, and actually, I think that's actually a good, a good tip. Let's give a tip right now about comic book repairing, restoration, slash like just pressing and cleaning and things like that. Don't go overboard. Always do a little less than you are planning on doing because you can always do more. But if you go too far, you remove that, that ink, you remove that color, you clean too difficult, you, you scrub too hard, you press too long, you, the temperature is too high. You can't always go back. Use too much moisture. Oh my gosh, moisture problems. Okay, so let's get into it. Tell me your your uh, a story you're willing to share on the mic of, of you pressing a comic book and it just getting just so screwed up that you were disappointed in yourself. I'm not talking to like, oh, uh, this is a $50 book and now it's a VF and when I put it on here, it was a VF, so oh well. I'm talking like your gut turn and you're like, damn it. Like maybe even an audible damn it I'm looking for. Like, oh, uh, like it ruined your night. I want to hear oh, it ruin yeah. your night. No, no. I tend to play with books a little higher than I should at times. And because I either am in a hurry or a rush. And that's another big error. Don't be in a hurry. Never. Okay. Remember when you were trying to get me to remove that sticker? You're like, I do it here. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I could do it here. But no, I need like, because like you never know. It'll take sometimes 30 seconds. Or 
it takes like three days because you have to stop because you're going to drive yourself crazy because it just won't come off. It's how it is with pressing sometimes. Like you need to give yourself the time you need to get the job done. Don't rush yourself. Yeah, because you're not always going to get it right on the first press and sometimes requires more than one pressing. But outside of that, books I've messed up. I messed up Avengers 4 twice. Okay, give me give me the story. What happened? I used too much water. Is and it added, the same book or a different Avengers 4? There are two different Avengers 4. Oh, geez. So do you have just a... Okay, first off, I want to hear the stories. But second off, I also want to know, do you have a gripe against Avengers 4s now? I don't, but I'm more cautious with Avengers 4s now. <laughs> than other Silver Age books. <laughs> like, there's no difference, but you treat it as if, like, the pages of an Avengers 4 are different. Yeah, because... Cap isn't as frozen in this issue. <laughs> well, twice it seems that I added too much moisture. Twice. Really? So I was like, what is going on with this book <laughs> over to others? And yet I added, like, an... It's like the paper stretched. Okay. So it's it almost kind of ripply in one area. Oh, and then that. you have to bring it back kind of if you can. So I did the best I could. And then I sent it off to somebody else who I don't think they did any better. So, but, you know, it was it was already a nice book. And I told myself, like, there was one time I put it in my press and I didn't align it right. So I pressed a hard line oh, into it. Oh, no, you're going into my story. That's so what then, I was going to okay, talk about. Okay, so then I tried to take that out with a little more moisture at times. And then <laughs> I kind of, I think I removed the line. It eventually went away. Okay. But then I had the ripple. <laughs> you moisture. had the ripple. From, yeah. <laughs> so, so you screwed it up, yes. fixed the screw up, but added another screw up. Right. Which and made so, it even worse. So I just like, I, I, I went crazy because I put that line. And then I got rid of the line, and then I added something else, and then I was like, double effing my <laughs> upset about it. I was like, God, I can't and, win with this book. And how much time? Is, okay, here's another thing: <sighs> pressing takes time. So you're doing all of this, and when you see the mistake, you realize, oh, all that time and care that I just put into trying to make this happen was wasted, and I'm worse off than when I started. Yes, and sometimes you put a book away because I can't look at it anymore or deal with it, <laughs> and I was like, it. I will revisit you. When I am ready. It's like a breakup, okay? <laughs> I will see you again when I'm ready, okay? It's like, forget it. It's so funny. But it's true, though, man. It's really true. All right. My so, biggest mess ups. Go ahead. No, actually, go ahead. I'll, I'll say okay, that for right. Get into yours. All right, okay. So my biggest mess up. Um, so same thing. I would, I, I, was, I was doing a press job for somebody. All right. This was a thousand dollar or so book. I don't like pressing things for other people. I press and clean things for members of the show. And that's pretty much it. And I get asked all the time to do it. I used to do it for payment. I used to even offer it to the community until people started getting really serious. And they're like, all right, I'm going to send you 30 things. And I was excited about being able to do it. But then the thought of having 30 things to press that I would be responsible for. No, like it's just not something I can commit to. So I was doing this for a friend. It was a thousand dollar book and I pressed it and I pressed it just a little too long. It was a modern book and dude, I caused like some of the worst rippling I've ever seen on a modern book. It was like, it wasn't just rippling. It was like, I took out the moisture so much that I caused little whole pockets all over the cover. It wasn't my book. The book was going to be sold. Like there was a buyer lined up and I had to fix it. So what I did is I reached out to just Pele, the homie from our comment section, because this guy, he's told, he showed me pictures of stuff he's pressed and he has all these different tools and recommendations. It's part of pressing is like 
it's not just like cleaning and pressing comics. It's not just like, oh, how do you clean and press a comic? It's not like an answer for every single one. It's like, how do you remove a sticker? Well, there's like a hundred different stickers that all have different types of glue and they're from different eras and there's different paper. Like every single problem is unique. And when it comes to pressing, as you said, a little too much moisture, you're screwed. A little too much heat, you're screwed. A little too much time, you're screwed. Not enough, not enough time, you're screwed. Not enough time on the cold press. Like, keeping it like chilled and reverting it back to its normal heat. Not enough time there will have that page warp. Like there's so many things that can go wrong. And he has all of these different tools for those occurrences if they go wrong or if you're dealing with a current problem, like random stuff that you'd get from Staples to like random Amazon purchases because this guy's like, all right, I have a, I have one comic that's worth so much money. I'm trying to get out this particular bend or crease or whatever this particular problem is. And this tool looks like it could help. And it's like a, a, a attachment to this random like thing you can get at Home Depot. And that rubbing on the paper in this particular way will remove that type of dent. Anyways, that's this kind of artist. I'll call him an artist because it is when you when you're fixing books like that. And he recommended me use printer paper and a in a level of moisture that I wasn't actually comfortable with, but he promised I would be happy with the response. He told me the temperature, he told me the gauge of like how much pressure I should like he he's like, "All right, let's look at the whole thing. Put me on video." And he like walked me through it, and dude, I saved the comic. 98 all day. It was crazy. But it went from like a 70 it went from a 9.8, maybe, okay, a 9.6 to a 7.0, right back to a 9.8. And the book was graded, and the book came back a 9.8. That is crazy. It was crazy. It, dude, it was like two hours of stress because it's like, I'm going to buy this. And you know he's going to give me a good deal, but I'm going to buy this, and it's going to suck because I'm going to have this just difficult comic to move and close to a thousand dollars wasted because I take a sense of responsibility. And when I make a mistake, that's so like, ah, it just shouldn't have happened. I should have been more patient. I should have been a little bit more confident, but yeah, it happened, but I fixed it and it was fine, but that doesn't happen often. That almost never happens. And most of the time it's something like, I think my, my biggest frustration with pressing comics is when you don't, you don't go through every single page as closely as you should. And you make a folded page a, a hard crease. Or, oh, there was a speck of dust. And now, everything is perfect on the damn comic. Everything. Except, it looks like there's a little dot imprint. Because you just pressed a tiny rock. Or a little thing of food. Or a little thing of Play-Doh. Or something. Just like some little grime into every single page of the comic book. And it sneaks in so easily, oh, that stuff. Man. And then you think, like, was it on there before? Right. You know, like, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, it's so bad. All right, what were you going to say? You said you had a bad one. I was going to say my biggest mistakes usually are from dry cleaning in the beginning especially. Okay. Erasing too fast or too hard or not in the right direction and um, just putting a tear, ripping a piece off. You always got to go away from the pages. You, you, you Yeah pull the pages to you, you will rip them, you will warp them, you'll do something you don't want to and do. And that's something you do slowly. Yep, and let it just build. And it's rough. It's, yeah, I mean, just uh, just like, <laughs> and <point>. then, <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. and there's no going back from that. Yeah, you're like, I just spent like 20 minutes on this. Yeah, and I just made it worse. You did a great job, and then that last stroke, or the second to last stroke you did was just enough to just like, whoop, there it goes. There, what did you say? There like, goes the upgrade. You had a you had something really funny that you mentioned. You're like, 
it's just an extra bad feeling because you think about not just your own comic you ruined or potentially someone else's if you're doing it for someone else. Um, but oh, you yeah. also think about the comics history yes, and I, how, like, what, what did you say? I always say that because it's like this book survived 70 years, 60 years before it met me <laughs> to mess it up. Like it was already nice. I want to bump it nicer. And then I screwed it up right after 60 years. I was 70 the, years. The, the big jerk idiot who ruined the 60 year old comic, 70 year old comic, you know? And I, I take that. I look at it, I'm just like, I did that. Yeah, I did that. You'll you'll never forget that you did that. No, oh, God, it's the worst. That's 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 my biggest mistakes have been in in dry cleaning, for the most part, where I just added a tear, or, and so I'm way better about that now. And then occasionally, I mean, stuff's gonna happen. You never know with the paper because mm-hmm. sometimes you might pop a staple. Sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Yeah, sometimes like just the it handling, it's gonna happen. Yeah, and you know, wearing gloves too for a lot of people can mess up a book. Yeah, you don't have it's not a slick, and then you you pull the page. Right. So, you know, a lot of people give people grief because they're not using gloves to handle a book, but you'll mess up a book real quick with a glove too if you don't know what you're doing. Well, a lot of people wear rubber gloves, and the trick is you want to wear cloth gloves mm-hmm. a lot of the time. You know, because they're trying to prevent fingerprints, which also will damage a book. Um, but a lot of the times, for me, it's been carelessness. It's been just not, it's moving too fast. You know, again, we deal with a lot of quantity. So even though we're really careful and we are collectors and we pay attention to this stuff probably more than most individuals, still the odds are not in our favor with how many pass through our hands. And it, as you mentioned on the show, it takes a fight breaking out for you to get distracted or, hey, I'll put this down and I'm not really thinking anything of it. And then, and this is a true story. Oh, I, I put it down and my cat got in the room and then, oh, you're walking on my bagged and boarded mind you. So it's at least I did that right. First print crow number one. And then, Oh, there's a little poke. It's a little poke right in the, on the cover, like a literal poke. Like there's nothing you can do. It broke color. It is. It's almost to the other side from the claw because you're my cat walked on my crow first print. <sighs> and like, like high grade, like nine, six, nine, eight, like potential. It was, it was beautiful. I pressed it. It was like, it was out and I thought everything was fine. And then I look over, I'm like, Oh no. Oh, ah, God, crap. And the cat doesn't know. The cat doesn't know, dude. It's not the cat's fault. That's why you tell him. <laughs> you like, look what you did, cat. Look what you did. Do you <laughs> understand? You gotta just talk to him sternly. A cat, yeah. a cat will always be the crow. So you're yeah. all right, man. He will, I know, right? It's like he's just after the crow, man. <laughs> it's all about the crows. All right. Modern books, too, you gotta be careful because that was one of my learning curves on a modern book, is the ink difference on the pages interior. One of the books um, that taught me that lesson was the first Hellboy in X-Men 21. So much black, so much ink on the interior in that, that I pressed it and didn't think about it enough. Pressed it too And hot. it basically became one block of a book. Yeah, modern books are... Those inks bled together. Yeah, it's interesting because the page quality is really good, but you are more likely to almost melt them together and it turns into like cardboard silver age comics you could get away with like at a low temperature 120 130 135 even for most of these books and again each book is it don't it depends on the book but you know i go i go hotter than that for silver age books yeah you could go hotter than that for sure but you could leave them on the press for like a day some people literally leave their stuff on a press for hours and hours and hours modern books if you're doing it right it's like five six minutes on each side Maybe 
And if you're doing Silver Age books too, it shouldn't take much longer than that either. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it right, the right temperature and moisture levels and all that. And again, that's I'm not here to give you direction on how to do that, but I'm telling you, like, you know, once you go through the experience and learning curve of it, um, you'll you'll find your groove, what works for you. With it gets your machine, easier. It gets you'll find easier. success for sure. Yeah, and then you'll get reckless and you'll mess up, but that's okay because it's part of big it. picture is part of learning. You know, you'll take some gambles and they'll either pay off or they won't. You know who does really good pressing? There's uh, two gentlemen that I can think of. Um, the comic book villain on Instagram. He does a lot of pressing. And I don't think he does a lot of demonstrations, but he does do affordable like auctions and he shows off pressing. Um, but someone you can't follow is Reggie Collects. He actually does tutorials on pressing and his thoughts on it and how he does it. He's very open about it. And what's cool with pressing is that, I mean, you can get some really high quality presses, you know, but you also can get like what most people do, which is like a T-shirt press. And if you get the right one, you know, one that'll work, which most of them will, you can as long as it has like a, a adjustable pressure and it doesn't like time out after four minutes. Like some of these have a timer and stuff. So you have to just like get the right one. But Google it. Check out Reggie over on uh, YouTube. Reggie Collects. He's a, a writer on the Comic Tom 101 blog. Um, he does a lot of cool articles there, but he also goes through some pressing advice. And I'm sure if you Google, there's a lot of ways to, for you to get info on pressing. But again, it's kind of an art form. It takes practice. There's no like real like clear step-by-step, this is what you do. Really, it's going to take trial and error and you just going through. For me, when I started pressing, Russ was like, oh, you're getting really into this? Okay, here you go. And he gave me a long box of 300 Silver Age comics all with different water problems. All like every other comic was like, this is waterlogged. This is stained. This needs moisture. This doesn't need moisture. Like they were all different. This is mangled. This one doesn't. And I literally would like practice, okay, fanning out all the pages, you know, going through and cleaning and trying to make something out of these comics that were largely ruined. And that's how I got to the point where I felt more confident and I still make mistakes. So, you know, it's what it is. Thanks, comic fam. I do appreciate you being here today. Um, do us a favor. You guys have been killing it with the reviews over on Instagram. Um, and I just... Uh, do us a sign of, Sorry. Jeff, what are you looking at? I'm just trying to see, make sure we covered everything. That we, we covered everything, after, man. Uh, Jeff's looking at the, at the screen. I'm like, what am I missing? No, this is the only topic. But no, I want to give a big thank you to the community um, for rating us over on iTunes. It's really the only platform that we have ratings, from what I can tell, from the different... Um, podcast portions of the show but if you would be so kind if you are listening to us on itunes please click that five star rating there's not a whole lot of them so it would do us a huge solid if you gave us a great rating there um and please just uh, have a great weekend and jeff please keep hitting the mic do that for me because the community loves it in their headphones no don't no 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 no, no, no. you're hurting their ears now oh, sorry, it's guys. no good say you should tell, tell the comment how much you appreciate them for listening to you pop the mic i apologize for uh flicking your eardrums guys my bad but again thank you for listening guys staying a little later hope you love the show appreciate you yeah oh and come say hi on instagram um comic tom 101 yeah and golden age guru yeah tag us in some fun stuff let's chat with you all right have a good weekend geek responsibly